Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and today I'm joined by a very special guest co-host, Scooby and editor at Sci-Fi Fangirls. Carly Lane. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm back after and, a little bit of a hiatus. And, and it's your first time guest co-hosting. I know. I'm first, so happy to have So you. exciting. <laughs> we are also joined today by two very special guests. Uh, first, ASMR Twitter darling. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Sal D'Amico. It's my first time. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and also making her third appearance as an official Scooby, Ian's Hot Topic twin. Hi, it's Liza. Yay. Me again. <laughs> um, and Sal, since it's your first time on SlayerFest 98, do you want to give us your Buffy origin story? Yeah, so I guess I was, I think Buffy came out and I was probably like three years old, so I was pretty young. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> One, From fuck you, remember, but keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it used to be on the WB channel. I don't know. You guys remember? It was like, what is that Michigan channel? I don't even J know. The Frog, Warner Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. Yes, Sal. We're all <laughs> old enough that like we that. remember the WB. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I used to watch like all these like cartoons, like Pokemon, whatever, like WB, like Channel 11. That was my thing. Um, but anyway, it was probably like maybe like around the like, 2000. I remember seeing the episode. It was with Xander, speaking of, of uh, – he was like in school and like there was a teacher that was seducing him. Does anyone remember what I'm talking about? It was like one of the first episodes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And I was like, what is this show? (laughs) I know it was like my first time watching (laughs) and I like really liked the episode or like the concept of the monster of of the day type thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of like that kind of setup for a TV show. And then obviously the characters are amazing. And, and, from that episode, there was like I think maybe a marathon that day or something. They're just doing reruns of old episodes, hmm. and I just watched a crap load of Buffy, and I was like, "What is this?" Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the origin right there. And I just like stuck with it. I I think it was like at that point they were already like a couple seasons in, so I was just like catching up with like my mom also, who's a avid horror fan. Because then I told her about the show and she started watching it. Huh. That's my my story. It started with Teacher's Pet. <laughs> We've had a lot of, I mean, and I'm me and Matthew are too. A lot of gays that have been on, they like watched it with their mom because I did too. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, my again, my mom is like a, she loves everything scary and she knew about the show and yeah, mm. then I just started watching it. <laughs> yeah now you're here um now you've made it Sal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today we're here to discuss season five's intervention the buffy bot episode my first note is jesus christ there is so much in the last time on buffy for these last few episodes <laughs> and like they all end with like joyce's dead face yeah. <laughs> that's like, a lot right it's, it's like a lot last time on buffy all this shit happened oh and also joyce is dead I wanted to say that the, I don't know, for me, this is like the best string of Buffy episodes um, that are all like, shit's real. They got to get out of town. Glory's going to kill them all. And I really like how serialized it is. So I was wondering like what you guys felt about that, how this, like, cause you know, these, like starting with this, it's all one right after the other, right? Like the previous episode, Glory found out the key is quote unquote an innocent. Um, and this is when she really ramps up finding who it is. Yeah, and do you guys think that makes for better TV or like I think of Liza as, as my one of my friends who's a TV expert. Um <laughs> do you think that I works? I watch a lot of it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert. Do you think that works better <laughs> or like worse as like like it's I not mean, even it wasn't even bingeable TV at the time, you know? I rewatched the episode this morning cuz I haven't watched yeah. any Buffy 
since the last time I recorded an episode of Slayer Fest. But <laughs> I kind of like was like, oh, like crap, like I forgot what it was like after the body when Joyce dies. And you're like, this is the most heart wrenching thing in the entire world. How are they going to like swing back from this so Buffy isn't just like the most depressing show? And I think Buffy Bot is kind of like the perfect bridge because it's like this campy like weird episode but it's still like Buffy's managing her grief and going on that like not ayahuasca thing in the middle of the desert (laughs) so I think it does make sense and it kind of like moves the story along without pushing it too much so everyone's like wait hold on a second like I'm still grieving what's happening here right Uh Yeah, I mean, it kind of sets off, it's definitely the latter arc of season five, because after this episode, there's only four left of the whole season. And so we get a lot of build up to what is essentially going to be, I mean, at the time, I think they thought was going to be the season, the series finale. Um, You know, we get the first instance of Buffy being told that death is her gift, which is going to yeah. come into play in a big way later. But <laughs> it, it definitely, title. I mean, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think like you could watch these five episodes one right after the other because a lot, I mean, a lot goes down. I like the fact that we kind of get a little bit of a break with, with the Buffy bot stuff from a little, the heavier, you know, the yeah. grief of, of Joyce's passing and all that. But then also it's starting to gear up towards the really big stuff that we know is coming just, you know, spoiler, if you haven't watched the show, a lot of shit, a lot of shit happens. Um, but I like that. I like that we're already starting to get hints of what's yeah. down the road. Yeah. So. I appreciate like what you said, Liza. It definitely still is like, look, Buffy's still depressed, but it's giving you like a reprieve from that, right? It's not just like, that's not the plot of the episode. And they definitely... Yeah, the plot of the episode is that Spike made a sex robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I this episode starts with, Giles kind of picking up the slack as like the good dad that he is. And I appreciate that because we hadn't quite, they were focusing understandably. So more on Dawn and Buffy because they're actually family and sisters, but I feel like it makes sense for Giles to be there, be cooking dinner for them. Um, You know, for me, Giles is like the epitome of like great dad. Uh, He's peak dad in this scene. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. Washing dishes and stuff. You know, they're, they start in the kitchen and then they move to the living room And I thought it was really interesting that Buffy kind of frames Joyce's death as a way to bring up the fact that she hasn't, she feels like she hasn't really felt anything. She feels like she's too hard of a person. And for me, I was kind of like, well, why is the show? I don't know. As someone who doesn't always maybe grieve openly um, on a, on a personal level, I was like, I kind of, I kind of relate to it a little bit. Like, maybe you kind of close down a little bit and shut things off. And I think for her though, that is something that, you know, she's more concerned about than anything else. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a little bit of a relatable moment for me, like to her as a character. Um, But also the fact that they, it felt like they kind of retconned the reason that Riley left. Like she was like, Riley left because I shut down. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) Riley left because they didn't want him on the show anymore, (laughs) really. But okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, it felt a little bit like the writers were kind of trying to find a reason for her to say, like, I was the reason that Riley left. I'm closed down as a person, you know, as a reason for her to go on the vision quest or whatever it was. Um, But I like I did like the part that she was like, well, what if being a slayer means not being able to love at all? And, you know, eventually she comes to find out that that's, you know, you you I think it's part and parcel of being the slayer is, you know, she kind of has to 
like her love for other people is part of what makes her a good slayer, um, yeah. not a bad one. But she has to reach that revelation, you know, basically yeah, yeah. by the finale. I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought about that scene, especially when she's basically sitting Don down on the couch and she's like, I love you. And Don's like, okay, weirdo. Uh, I feel like in that scene in particular, it just shows that she was having this like kind of identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we've all had been there at one point, like figuring out like what, who we are. And, um, you know, she, everyone always is going to Buffy and she has to always be the strong one. So it does, I feel like, you know, fine. She's kind of like realizing that. And, you know, in my life, there are people who like look up to me and then I always have to like, you know, be strong and whatnot. And sometimes you just want to like break down. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Liza, what'd you think about that? I mean, I think it makes sense. I think she was gonna, I agree that they kind of retconned the whole Riley thing. But I do think this was all of Buffy was going to lead up to this point where she's like, I'm a death machine. Like, (laughs) what does everything mean? (laughs) So I think, especially like given that like they thought this was going to be the last season, it kind of makes sense for them to kind of like push that. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Like if you're depressed and you're upset, you're going to blame yourself for things that maybe weren't your fault. Like she's going to blame herself for Riley leaving. I do... I do like in defense of Riley a little bit. I think they both just were never on the same page and I don't think it was ever going to work, but I do think she did a little bit shut him out, but also he was a selfish monster and had like his own like masculinity issues. So I feel right. like, like I could understand where the person who's grieving and depressed is like, oh, that was all my fault just because like maybe they did a little bit of something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah I And I, so I forgot that it was this episode until I rewatched it for this podcast. But when Buffy's like, Giles, I love, love, love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, I like notice I say that when I want to reassure people of things. Um, and I didn't realize I got it from this episode, but I always hear Buffy <laughs> saying that in my head. Um, so, you know, but of course I'm quoting Buffy without even realizing it. Uh, of course you are. Yeah. Very on brand. Also, <laughs> I wanted to point out that I understand why Giles wants Buffy to do the vision quest, but Buffy's not wrong in being nervous about wanting not wanting to leave Dawn alone, right? No. Dawn's the key, of course. Like, I mean, Glory doesn't <laughs> yeah. know that yet, but, like, what? why? It makes zero sense to leave her alone at any point. Right? Like, <laughs> you should put her on a leash and strap her to your body. <laughs> like, bring her on the vision quest with you. <laughs> yeah. No, but really, like, if Giles was, like, waiting outside the desert, which is an actual thing I just said, like, <laughs> he... Dawn could have been chilling with him. Like, yeah, Dawn should never. Uh, I think that was a mistake on Buffy's part. But yeah, I mean, it, it clearly worked out. But I understood why she would be like, um, because like, what are Xander and, and Tara going to do when Anya like Gloria will just like punch him in the face and then take Dawn, which she does eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. So then we get Spike going to Warren and. Liza, you already pointed it out, but I I wanted y'all's thoughts on the Buffy bot because I do think it's silly and campy enough to give us the reprieve, but also like it's such a problem, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a sex a robot, sex robot. <laughs> right? <laughs> I personally loved her appearance. Uh, I I don't know. I really did love Buffy bot. And also, just like same time, like Sarah Michelle Geller, she's playing this role where she's in grief and she's like emotionally distraught. But then on, this, on the other side, she's like, again, acting like this fun, campy robot, I guess. And I was like, <laughs> and I really like that, the juxtaposition, I guess, between the two. I do think it was good because of what Sarah Michelle Geller brought to it. 
Like she come you in. could see like her facial like tics change when she was playing Buffy Bot and like she really did just like commit to it and you could tell she was having fun. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Because you just see Buffy miserable for like the past two episodes. <laughs> and then just get to, even like even if it's not actually her, they get to see her face like yeah. not crying is nice. <laughs> Carly, what did you how do you feel about the Buffy bot? Well, I mean I think Sarah Michelle Geller's performance is the reason that it's not it holds up <laughs> as, as as a plot. There's a lot of things about it. Like upon uh, rewatching it, I was like, mm, I'm a little uncomfortable. Like the scene where Spike's smoking a cigarette and just yes. casually getting a beach from her in one scene. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> All of a sudden she pops up from below frame and is like, who's there? What's going on? I'm like, and his pants are clearly like yeah. you know, un- yeah. unmelted. I was like, yeah, I'm not really into him just like casually using you know, clearly using this avatar of Buffy for just sex, like, yeah. all the time. I mean, the reason it, it the reason it's not entirely gross is because, you know, SMG is so good in it. Um, I also just oh, yeah. love the it's fact gross. that he's so, yeah, he's so, like, exhausted from the marathon sex that he just passes out. So when she <laughs> decides to go on patrol at one point, he's like, okay. <laughs> like, he's he got worn out by his own sex robot, which is, <laughs> I'm like, and you're an immortal vampire. <laughs> With, with seemingly limitless reserves of energy, and yet somehow you were exhausted from your marathon sex with, you know, the Slayer bot or whatever. But just the the lines, too, the ridiculous lines that she'll say, like, you know, I, I can't remember some of them now. She's like, devour me, and, like, all the little, like, the cheesy, the pre-programmed, you know, responses yeah. or whatever. Which I was like, when Warren has his little giggle at the beginning, he's like, all the little <laughs> responses that you wanted. I was like, oh, he's so gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's very Twilight before Twilight was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, but in, I feel like... So I... We'll get there, never mind. We'll get there to my, like, where I feel the writers seem torn about. Because Buffy never makes any qualms about how gross it is, right? Like, there's never... Right. And for me, that's, like, another reason why it works. Because there's never, like, a Buffy being like, oh, I understand. She's just like, no, this is gross. This is disgusting. Yeah. Um, she even she says gets the most the end, mad yeah. when her friends couldn't tell it was a bot. <laughs> <laughs> which I think was funny. Oh, yeah. 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 That's uh, when she's like, oh, screw you guys. <laughs> Xander's not earning himself any points in this episode, honestly. Because towards the end, he's like, oh, Spike got his best toy taken away. And I'm like, Xander. Like, that's the only time he's been up. nice to Spike. And it's that. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it's that. Like. Stop it. You're um, gross. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have in my notes in all caps, Buffy commits to this the way she commits to the cave person persona and beer bad. Um, <laughs> and I really just, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're all right. Like her commitment to like this absurd campy role really does. It makes it like fun to watch. I mean, then when you think about it, you're like, oh, gross. But she makes it enjoyable. Um, her acting and Liza, like you said, it's like. The other, but the real Buffy is like depressed and crying, and then we get to see this Buffy like smiling and acting like Anya, and it's kind of a delight. And like the uh, visual of like her as a computer screen when she's like looking and figuring out, like, oh, you're Willow, you've been gay since 1999. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like a cute little like, okay, I'm not crying right now. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Actually, know. I did want to comment on that, but I was a little confused because Warren made the Buffy bot, and I was surprised that he knew all this like specific information about Buffy and all. Spike gave him, uh, like, I, I, pre-written yeah. stuff, I yeah, guess, which yeah. is why Anya just likes money. Like, it's all yeah. really surface. And, of course, Angel's the one, you know, Angel's hair stands up and he's stupid or whatever. Bloody like stupid, yeah. He basically <laughs> yeah. just, I just envision Spike just 
with a little pen, you know, licking his little pencil and being like, okay, so who's, you know, what can we write about Angel? He's a bloody poof. Like, what are we going to write about Willow? She's been gay since, you know, (laughs) like, it's all very surface level, which is really funny. But I think he, I think Warren said he was like, oh yeah, you gave me profiles and her friends and family. So yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we get glory. She creates a plan, right? Um, in the last episode she learned he, the key wasn't innocent. So now she sends her minions out to find who it could be. Um, which I actually forgot until we, until I was watching this season for the podcast, I kind of forgot that like glory didn't know the key was a human. And like, she, what is she, doesn't she say like, Oh, it could have been a bicycle pump or a bike or something. I forgot that that was even like, like that makes more sense why it takes glory so long because like mm-hmm. she realistically could have thought it was like a rock, but it was you know, Buffy's little sister. So then we get the desert vision quest. Um, and I wanted to point out, I really like, this scene is like peak Buffy, where it's like, they're doing something Buffy needs to do that's like, for all intents and purposes, is very serious. Buffy needs to find out what's going on with like, her slayerness. Um, and then she's like, and then Giles tells her the spell and she's like, oh, I know this one. And they make like a hokey pokey joke. Um, yeah and i think that that like works so well because they're doing something serious buffy's still depressed um and then when he jumps in and jumps out and shakes the gourd and she's just deadpan and that's what it's all about like uh, i was like peak buffy yeah yeah. (laughs) when johnny momentarily almost falls over at one point (laughs) like he loses his balance i'm like giles are you okay he's doing his dad jumps A little dad jumps. Also, Buffy's incredibly overdressed for I the desert. Wrote, yes. I, I literally wrote, I am very I, confused by why Buffy is wearing a full-length coat and <laughs> turtleneck in the desert. Like, both her and Giles had heavy, heavy coats on and sweaters. And I was like, why? <laughs> I definitely would have been sweating through all of that. <laughs> right? Yeah. It gets cold at night. Mm-hmm. It does. Not that I've ever been in a desert, but that's what I I was hear. about to say, Liza, what have you been in the desert? I don't know. <laughs> I like the scenes in Xander and Anya's apartment. And like, I, I like when Anya's just annoyed, right? Like, she doesn't want to patrol. She's like, I'd rather sit on the couch and watch TV. Uh, I like when we have like little Scooby meetings that are sans Buffy. Um, we also get Dawn's blossoming kleptomania. She steals Anya's earrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Is that uh, the first time we've seen her steal shit? I was, I, I wrote that so. in my notes. <laughs> the, the first time was in forever, and then it's like, but she stole okay. to do the spell, and then it's like, yeah. oh, she liked it, so she's gonna keep stealing. stealing. I guess her I grief, mean, kleptomania, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit, right? Because that's not one of the best storylines. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like tween rebellion, and a very easy way to portray teen rebellion is that's like true. stealing stuff from the mall and <laughs> stealing stuff in general. That's true. Tara says that, like, oh, we wanted to watch a documentary, and she says Willow wanted to watch uh, Salem Witch Trials, um, but how it upsets her. And I love Anya when Anya's like, oh, I was there, um, and it only affected the wrongly accused who, quote-unquote, never have a good time. (laughs) Some really good Anya lines. Yeah, and then I put in all caps, the Spike and Buffy bot scenes are, ugh. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're only really funny because, to me, because, again, Sarah Michelle Gellar just puts on this really fake smile and her tone is so ridiculously chipper that it makes it funny but spike is so into it that yeah. you're like this is how would you even find this sexy like she's just like oh spike like i'm yeah. terrified of you and you're like there's nothing you know i think he's more he's more just interested in the package and not necessarily what's coming out of it yeah 
Yeah, like oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> one point where uh, I think um, the Buffy bot said like to do like start this program again or something yeah, like yeah. that. And he was like, no, no programs. Like, I, I think he's just more than just a sex bot that he wants, but... Right, yeah, I mean, he definitely, he wants the sex, but he also, like, wants Buffy to be in love with him, right? Like, that's... I mean, what do I know? But as I say, I don't know that they had the robot technology in 2001 to, like, make a robot actually love someone. <laughs> but maybe they yeah. did. Who knows? Sunnydale. Um, But I do, like, for me, my favorite... One of my favorite scenes is Xander and Anya running into the Buffy bot while she's patrolling, you know, because I love like, Anya, how is your money? And Anya's genuinely so happy <laughs> to be asked about her money. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> it's like so good. And I feel like, I mean, Emma Caulfield's really good. I feel like her like comic timing, like the way she smiles and is like shocked and so happy. Um, and then looks at Xander with a smile. Uh, and then Spike running in being like, bruh, bruh, wait, no. <laughs> I feel like realistically, I mean, realistically about in a show about vampires and a sex robot, but realistically, Spike should have gotten the robot and then left town if he wanted to not get caught. And like, yeah, he didn't think that one through. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Go to San Jose and be happy with your sex robot, not where they can run into each other. Uh, And I also it's also very Buffy with like Spike lying and being like, oh, there's vamps everywhere. And Xander being like, I don't see any. And then a bunch just appear. Right, no they, just, they just show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, the Anya says something in the scene that they never really talk about. Like Anya makes a joke about saying she breathed in like a quart of vamp- vampire dust. Uh, I thought that was like a good note. They don't usually ever like make jokes about that, but like that makes like you probably would, right? I would oh def- yeah, they yeah that shit flies in the air my allergies would be going crazy yeah I'd probably need my inhaler after i slayed a vampire <laughs> <laughs> i also like anya joking but she's like nailing it about what the vision quest was you know then we see tara and willow actually watching the witch trials you completely glossed over the part where uh Zinder and anya actually wa- see buffy bot oh, right. like having sex in the graveyard <laughs> which is so- i was like oh god it's so gross <laughs> You're the big bad. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's by far the worst line in the whole thing. <laughs> I was Xander in that moment. He was like, what was he? He said he he was later when they when they go back and meet Willow oh, and right. Tara, they're like, no, but if I have to see Buffy straddle Spike again, I will literally like <laughs> yeah. put out my own eyes or something. <laughs> it's I, I feel like almost they were toying with like how much sex they could get away with uh-huh. before they got to like season six where they're like, fucking and breaking a house down um because this feels right this feels like weirdly explicit for back then and the show at the time it does yeah there's definite there's definite like writing happening yeah like (laughs) like you're looking at them having sex i mean it's covered by her skirt which i guess is maybe why they had her wear a skirt um but yeah it's like weirdly like oh that's it's it's happening um let alone in a graveyard (laughs) and in a graveyard (laughs) yeah i just like spike is being so careless like why (laughs) would you sleep with her in a graveyard when like you literally just killed a bunch of vampires like and take her her back to your like yeah her friends are right there like take her back to your like underground dungeon and do what you want i don't want to watch it like (laughs) He's just like he's. So, I guess he has like sex brain. I don't know. It's annoying because I, I like Spike. I, but 
this episode's just dumb. <laughs> he makes Sp- a lot of dumb decisions. Yeah, like, be smarter. You've been around for, like, how many hundreds of years? Like, do better. Do better. <laughs> also, I just wanted to mention the scene. So before they're all back and, and Xander and Ani are telling Willow and Tara about what they think was Buffy having sex with Spike, there's this brief scene where we just see Willow talking to someone who doesn't say any lines back, but... I just wrote Willow telling someone not to ruin one of the books she's lending them is a mood. Like I can't even, (laughs) she's like, don't bend the pages. Don't put coffee on it. Don't spill. And don't, you know, don't crease the, you know, I was like, that's me. Like anytime I would lend somebody a book, I'd be like, Oh my God, if you bend the pages down, I will murder you. (laughs) But I love that. There's, there's no other purpose in that scene other than her just rolling, reciting the list of things that, someone shouldn't do to one of her books and then you just see the the glory's minions watching her leave and that's the that's it that's the scene (laughs) (laughs) it's so good though (laughs) yeah i mean i I mean they really amp up willow right because in what two episodes when buffy goes catatonic willow's gonna take charge they really like i don't know they like start to set up and like you know in the next episode willow Willow attacks Glory and actually hurts her when Tara gets brain drained. I feel like they're giving us these, like, look how far Willow's come. She's taking charge. She's, like, you know, she's still her nerdy self, but she's, like, telling someone not to bend her pages. She's, like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's very, I love Willow. Um, Well, they drop hints, because, like, Tara in this episode says something like, well, Willow's already surpassed me and everything she knows mm -hmm. about, like, witchery stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they're leading up to the fact that, like, Willow's going to be, like, HBIC. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. So then... We get uh, Willow and Tara watching the this documentary about the Salem Witch Trials. Um, I think it's cute. Tara, I feel like Tara is just such a sweet, like, partner. She's like, oh, honey. <laughs> right. There's koalas on the Discovery Channel yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see how everyone felt. I have, like, mixed feelings about how they all react to, like, Xander's news, Xander and Anya's news of... Buffy and Spike fucking because you know Tara says before they like get to judgment Tara's like hey guys you know people do some really like weird stuff when they're grieving blah 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 and then they tell them and Tara's like no she's nuts and I'm like man that seems for me that felt un-Tara like I feel like Tara would have been like guys let's not yeah it almost felt like they were they were just giving her the joke yeah to say you know Hmm. like oh are you kidding she's nuts like whereas I almost felt like maybe that would have been more of a willow line. I don't yes. know. Um, and considering what we know is going to happen next season, um, when they actually do start, you know, fucking yeah. Like the fact that Tara is the one that Buffy confesses it all to um, first, I believe in yeah. like a later episode. I mean, it's an interesting juxtaposition, but I felt like in this moment, it was just the writers giving her the, the joke, like the setup, you know, the punchline or whatever. But even everyone else, I'm like, what do you guys think? Like, I feel like they're right. Like, what Tara says before is right. Like, people do weird stuff when they're grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but also I understand why they're mad because the last time they all really encountered Spike, or the last time, last big interaction Buffy had with him was when he tied her up in his basement and was like, I'm going to kill Drusilla for you to show you how much I love you. Um, And then she had him disinvited to her house. So, like, half of me is like, I get why they'd be mad, but the other half of me is like, yo, let her fuck whoever she wants to fuck. I don't know. What do you guys think? I guess, I mean, I'm trying, I always try, like, in these scenarios, I think, like, okay, like, what would happen if, like, my best friend came home and was like, I'm fucking somebody I shouldn't be fucking? Like, what would I say? And I'd probably be like, okay, 
you're an idiot. This isn't going to work. But, like, if you want to do it, like, use a condom and, like, good luck. So, like, <laughs> like I guess, like, if I was, like, Xander, I'd be like, okay, like, this isn't a great idea. But, like, Buffy's smart. If she wants to do this, like, let her do it. And I'll be here to pick up the pieces when it inevitably fizzles and everyone gets hurt. But I don't know. I feel like when we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast this season, like with Spike, it's hard because people like Joyce or like Dawn, Tara kind of treat him like he's a regular person. Um, but also they've never really been around for like none of them have been kidnapped or had Spike try to bite them. So like while I hate Xander's hatred of Spike, I understand why Xander and Willow and Giles all don't like Spike, right? Like mm-hmm. he has taken part in murdering people around them, like literally murdering people around them or kidnapping some of them at some point. So maybe I also wouldn't forgive that person and maybe I'd be mad at my best friend if they were like having sex with the person that, you know, kidnapped me and like took part in murdering my girlfriend. I don't know. But like when has like telling Buffy she can't do something worked? Right. Like (laughs) if you're going to be like Buffy, don't do this. She's going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So like, I think that they know that like they're never going to be able to like, be like, eh, I don't think this is a good idea. Maybe don't do it. She's going to be, like, off doing her Slayer shit. God, Liza, is this you with me? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but... <laughs> Please don't start fucking vampires, Ian. <laughs> I make no promises. <laughs> this is an. This is actually an intervention, Ian, right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, Sal. Welcome to my podcast, Intervention. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm just getting it all right now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, that like that scene doesn't sit so well with me, but I, I feel like the writers didn't quite know what to do with Spike. Like, I wish he had done the thing where he tied Buffy up at the beginning of the season and like we had already gotten episodes of him, like he had already fought with them against Glory. So that way it like made a little bit more sense for them to be more forgiving of him. I don't know. But I mean, he does. He definitely like, of course, he protects Dawn and like almost dies per, like protecting her real identity, so, like, I understand why then it's, like, Buffy's, like, okay, you're forgiven and you're also useful in fighting glory, come with, like, I, that makes that does make sense by the end I just wish before this episode had been a little less back and forth, but also I guess maybe that's why I like about the show, like, oh it's complicated, right? Yeah, and I think Spike has always had an affection for Dawn, Yeah, because um, doesn't, there's an episode, I can't remember which one Joyce leaves Dawn with him, right? Am I misremembering Buffy, that? Or the episode, Buffy leaves Dawn? The episode where um, Glory comes to her house. Is that it? Okay. And then she there's... leaves Joyce and Dawn with Spike. Yeah. Right. Like, I think she knows to some degree that he wouldn't hurt Dawn. Yeah. Um, I think he, he kind of views her as almost a little sister. Um, but it's interesting, like you said, to kind of see this season where they've already effectively neutered him as of season four with the chip and everything. So... And I know, and I and I think we might have mentioned, well, like when we talked to James Marsters about, I think there were parts that he got a little frustrated over because it was like, yeah. okay, so what are we going to do with me as a character? Like my only big thing is that I'm in love with Buffy and it's unrequited. <laughs> yeah, right. I was actually thinking about that a lot. So um, to our viewer or listeners and to um, Liza and Sal, Carly and I uh, interviewed James Marsters earlier in the season for the episode Fool for Love. And he, he definitely like brought, I mean, he speaks of Spike and the show Buffy in general with, like, so much love, but he mm-hmm. definitely felt it was kind of complicated as well, right, Carly? Like, I felt like he he didn't, like, what did he say? He said he didn't think Spike was ever worthy of Buffy. Yeah. Is, like, the thing he said, which I 
thought of a lot in this episode. I kept like going back to that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I have a very complicated relationship with Spike. I feel like I've defended him numerous times on the podcast, but also I understand that he's a problem. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think the end when, you know, like, Buffy pretends to be the bot and, like, goes to talk to him to make sure that, like, he would never say that Dawn's the key. Like, I think in a very problematic episode, that's a very nice, tender moment. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, she kisses him, mm-hmm. which is, like, a little, like, okay. But, like, it's just this, like, she realizes, okay, like, this is who Spike is now. And, like, maybe he's not, like, the absolute worst. Mm. Yeah. But <laughs> I do think that moment was, like, very tender and pure yeah as pure as you can be as a vampire right (laughs) so i do love the buffy bot when they all look at her and she's like i fight with weapons (laughs) (laughs) xander's like yeah i got nothing (laughs) (laughs) what it confused me was that you know like isn't xander supposed to be buffy's best friend like i feel like she just dealt with the death of her mother and you know, now this new Buffy is like all high and happy and chipper and friendly and smiley and all that. And they are like, I don't know. It it seemed like they put two and two that this may not be the Buffy they know. But I was always just like, how do they are they still fooled by this? But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems like he almost guesses it when he and Anya are leaving the, the cemetery and he goes, hey, she didn't ask how Dawn was. Right. Yeah. Um, And it seems like he's almost starting to figure it out. And then for whatever, like, I think maybe the image of the Buffy bot riding spike probably <laughs> completely distracted him from continuing along those lines. But it it is a little like, you kind of have to suspend your disbelief that they wouldn't have figured that out a little sooner yeah. that that wasn't her. <laughs> yeah. Because like, right. He does hint at it with saying like, Oh, she didn't ask for Dawn. She wasn't quite herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, you know, then, so uh, Xander says he's got, he's got nothing. Um, and then we cut to, uh, Spike being brought into Glory's, or no, then the next scene is Buffy with the first Slayer. Uh, so the first Slayer tells her that death is her gift, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, you know, I appreciate that we got the first Slayer again. I think she's only in altogether, like, four episodes of Buffy ever, uh, maybe three. But also, before the first Slayer appears, I like that Buffy's literally just sitting on that rock yawning and, like, half asleep. Well, even before that, the scene where the mountain lion or the cougar or yeah. whatever it is shows up. And I and the funny thing is, like, I own this show on DVD, but I was watching it on Hulu. And I know that there's been a lot of complaints about how the show was, like, remastered for yeah. streaming. Because there's things that show up in frames now that yes. are not supposed to be in the frame. <laughs> so there's a scene where she's following. There's a wide shot where she's following the mountain lion or the cougar or whatever. The kitty. She's following the big the big kitty through the desert. And you can see another person standing like just in frame, which I guess is like the mountain lion's handler. Like someone to like direct it. <laughs> kind of it's supposed to be just off camera, but I was like, there's someone out like you see jeans and a and a pair of boots, and it just cracked me up because I was oh, I like... totally missed that. I watched it on Hulu too. <laughs> it's like right up in the top corner. And I had to rewind it at first because I thought it was one of those weird crossfade things where I was just seeing Buffy from another shot, right, but right. no, it's it's the clear, like, animal handler. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been, like, a weird thing with Hulu, right? Like, that happens a lot. Like, I'll have people, like, I didn't realize the handler, but I've had a lot of people say they point out, like, point out things I didn't even notice. Um, right, like a camera, like a, you know, a boom in yeah. shot or something like that, yeah. Uh, Matthew told us, like, he watched it. I watched my DVDs for the body, but he said in the body on Hulu, it's, like, real bad, and there's, like, boom mics everywhere. 
Oh, gosh. Um, that's, that's so unfortunate, too. Yeah. But so then when they get... So then we get um, Spike and Glory, and I actually really <laughs> like their scenes together. Yeah. They have... I don't even know what the proper... Like, what chemistry, maybe just acting chemistry, but I think they're like their scenes together are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and her being like, what the hell is that, and why is its hair that color? <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Glory's just so good. Um and also, she's met Spike before, but it also makes sense with her character that, of course, she wouldn't remember. Why would she bother to remember who she is, to who he is? Um, of course not. And, uh, you know, him just, like, insulting her to no end. It's just, I don't know, it all really works for me. I just love the part when he finally says, I'll tell you who the key is. And he's like, it's the guy on the show where you try to guess things for money. <laughs> and then and the minions go, Bob Barker. We will bring you Bob Barker. We will bring you the limp and beaten body of Bob Barker. And she's like, it's not Bob Barker. (laughs) (laughs) That part makes me laugh every single day. It's so good. So then the gang enters Buffy's house right before they've realized that Buffy Bot is a robot. And the... The like I don't know why, but it's like such so a we- such a weird line. But Buffy Bot being like, "This is my house." She's like <laughs> excited. She recognizes her house. It's just like really endearing and cute. I don't know. Again, I I just am a fan of Buffy Bot. I, the whole like slapstick like happy humor that she provided. Again, as opposed to like the last couple episodes prior and the ones coming after, I just feel like it was just needed to have this like happy. Buffy, like, show up. <laughs> yeah, that's my take on Buffy Bot. Sal, I feel like that makes sense. Like, you have that personality. The like, yeah, that's, that's that's me. I'm Buffy <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's like if Buffy was a Barbie. Like, she just just with the pink and the skirt and the you know, she just reminds me of like a human Barbie doll in a lot of ways. <laughs> it cracks me up a lot. <laughs> um. Also, like, Buffy being annoyed, like, when Buffy walks in, I really like that whole scene. And she's, and Willow's like, oh, that was quick, because they sent the Buffy bot upstairs. She's like, oh, it felt like forever. And she's like, death is my gift. And they have no idea what she's talking about. She has no idea what they're talking about. And then the Buffy bot walks in, and Sarah Michelle Gellar's face is so good. The, like, real Buffy looking at it. Um, And her being annoyed that they didn't know that it was a robot. Because, to be fair, they all did realize right away that... Warren's first robot was actually a robot like mm-hmm. right after the scene I think it's Tara is like oh she's a robot and Buffy's like yeah for sure and they all are just like yeah totally a robot uh, I appreciate that like Buffy it's like a callback to that also Xander's like oh I know this one they're both Buffy <laughs> yeah right <laughs> a little replacement, uh, replacement oh and callback also when he's like I understand the thing with Spike And he's like, he's mysterious and blah, blah. And she's like, I'm not having sex with Spike, but I'm starting to think you are. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to point out that all three of the four main cast members now have had like a doppelganger slash twin of themselves running around Sunnydale at some point. Giles is the only one who hasn't. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, imagining them all being drunk, being like, hey, remember that time the evil version of me was running? Hey, remember that time a sex robot version of me was running around? (laughs) (laughs) Liza, I would never stop bringing that up every time we are drunk at brunch. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I'd like okay, but I'd like to think that if there was like a robotic version of me, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> I mean, if it suddenly was like acting the way, yeah, then yeah, if it was like suddenly like constantly smiling and saying like super <laughs> sunshine, smiling, God, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> 
So yeah, I just, I like that scene. Um, then we get them all meeting, making a plan and the Buffy bot calls Giles Giles, which I love. Yeah. That was super cute. Right. <laughs> they didn't know to program a soft G. <laughs> <laughs> and like I read on one of the like Buffy Wikipedia sites that that was like in response to Joss and Marty Noxon said that like when f- fans would come up to them, they would pronounce it that way, which is like so weird. Um, but also that's something my mom would do. So my mom always says, oh, that Josh Whedon, he's really good with writing. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, Holy shit. and Buffy calling her Buffy bot skirt girl. That's really good. Oh, and then I felt like Liza, this reminded me of me and you when real Buffy is like, no, we have to kill him. And Buffy bots like, you're right. He's evil, but you should see him <laughs> naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I feel like that's you being like, Ian, that guy's sh- like garbage. And me being like, you're right, but. But he's got a big dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I also, speaking of, sort of, can I just say that I have obviously seen Buffy all the way through, but watching this episode this morning, I think I finally had like my Giles like sexual awakening. Like, I get it now. <laughs> I get why people are attracted to him. I know we were just talking about like him being a dad. I might have daddy issues. It's whatever. <laughs> but like, I get it now. Like Giles is hot. Giles is hot though. He I is feel like so hot. I, you have revelations uh. as an adult, like watching Buffy, I think, wherein you realize several things in very short order, which is Cordelia is actually great. Xander <laughs> is the worst. Giles is stealth hot and has been. <laughs> yes. It's the trifecta of things that, I I just had this like awakening this morning and it was kind of nice. Like it felt like a part of me like opened up and now I'm freer. (laughs) Um, But anyway. Well, yeah, I'm literally like, I have Google images of Giles right now going and I'm just (laughs) looking and I'm seeing and I I could see it. I I can see the attraction. I definitely, I definitely think right when we all watched the show, when we were younger, Giles seemed a lot older, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I think back then I would have been like, oh, he's mid-50s or something like bananas like that. When, like, clearly he's probably not, right? He's probably, like, what, 30s, like, late 30s, early 40s? Yeah, that's what I would think. How old is he now? Let's look. Yeah, I'm literally looking at age. He's 64, and this episode aired. So he would have been, what, like, mid-40s? Maybe 45? 47 okay. he would have been around 47 okay. yeah like late mid to late 40s okay, when this yeah. episode came out yeah um but yeah like that's not nearly as old as i definitely like viewed him back then no no oh, no i definitely not. he was like oh he's like 70 <laughs> <laughs> i just didn't know how to tell people's ages <laughs> um but hey anthony stewart had call me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so total side note but because I always think of this, do you know he's like a really good like queer ally too? She had a, a, a trans fan who met him at a convention and like told him how much they like Giles meant to them. And then they transitioned and I think either on Twitter or on like a message board had said how they were really bummed that their photo with him was from uh, pre-transitioning and he invited the fan to like his like farm in like the UK. <laughs> Oh my god! Right? Wow, that's nice. I like that's so tender. I remember like seeing the like it was. I can't remember if it was like you know it was a while ago, so it might have been like a posting board thread or if it was a Twitter thread. Remember like reading it and crying because he was just like oh, and he like invited them personally to come to his house and like meet him and like meet his horses. Like what a good dad. So so (laughs) that's so nice. 
<laughs> so in case you needed more reason to love him. Um, right. Oh. Sold. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Uh, <laughs> also, Carly, I thought of... Remember how James Marsder told us that he trained mm-hmm. a lot to be shirtless? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he, like, told Joss he wanted, like, prep time if he was going to be shirtless. He and, Like, he worked out... I mean, the man looks good, right? Like, he does look good. He yeah. does. He looks good without a shirt. Like, there's mm-hmm. abs on abs on abs. Yeah. Um, even when he's all beat up at the end. Yeah. You know, with one eye swollen shut. I was like, yeah, still nice. Still, still would. Yeah, still would. Still would. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, Same. let me be your sexy nurse. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, some bones some bones still need mending, but not the bone I'm <laughs> <laughs> I do I do I mean I know we mentioned that scene already but honestly like in all seriousness I I think that scene is really brilliant like both in the fact that Buffy is pretending to be the Buffy bot obviously but the moment when she kisses him and he knows that it's the he he figures out it's the real her just from her kissing him which leads me to wonder like how I'm like I wonder if the Buffy bot's like cold or something Mm. I don't know like metal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he realizes it's her after she kisses him though wait so we'll get there um yes <laughs> sorry um i wanted to mention mm-hmm. is that a is she is glory wearing a dress or is she wearing like a nighty? i think it's like a slip isn't it or is it a is slip ma- dress it is mad I, short i just i think that's like how girls used to dress back then like everything looked like a nighty. that's fair yeah it's like that early 2000s like Look. Slip dress kind of thing, yeah. But she also kind of lounges around in like silk all the time, so it's not surprising that she would wear something that looks like loungewear. That's fair, yeah. Because I was just wondering that because when she jumps on him, like, or like I, lingerie, <laughs> I was like waiting to see like a butt or something. Um, <laughs> you were waiting to see you, Ian, waiting to see a butt. <laughs> I mean, like you know, I have no interest, but I'm like, I feel like you're, I, you're gonna see her butt. <laughs> I was gonna say she's gonna flash everybody. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little short. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, there was concern. I mean, good for her. I mean, she fights well in a dress, so whatever. If you can still fight and wear something like that, good for you. Um, good for you, honey. Um, <laughs> so then you know she tortures Spike some more. Uh, we get the Bob Barker moment. Do okay. Everyone's thoughts. Is this an apartment building that Glory lives in, or does she own the entire building? She That's lives in it. Is it Ben's apartment? Well, I mean, Ben lives there too, which is bananas, because the scene when the episode where Buffy gets Ben's number and then calls him, he's turning from Glory to Ben as right. the phone's ringing, which seems very reckless. Why would you give the Slayer your phone number, knowing that, like, this hell god could answer the phone at any moment? But whatever. Um, yeah, I was wondering that, because, like, clearly Glory lives in luxury... But, like, there's no one else in the apartment. But also, she's a hell god, so she could own the whole building. I don't know. I mean, she's sharing a body, so I don't really know how, like, if she has access to funds or anything. I feel like it's Ben's apartment Mm. building, and people probably just heard a bunch of fighting going on in the lobby, and they were like, you know, if anybody who lived, like, I lived in New York for five years. If I heard shit going on outside my apartment, I'd be like, fuck no, I'm not going out there to see what's going on. Fair. People were probably, like, dialing the cops. Like, Especially if you live on the Hellmouth, you're like, oh, right. well. Like, you just hear fighting in the lobby, and you're like, mm, I can go out. I'll go out later. It's fine. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, <laughs> so I, I actually do really like this fight scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel bad for Spike. Like, I feel like a problem, but I do feel bad for Spike, right? Like, he's, like, on the verge of death. His eye is all swollen. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, this Glory is... had her fingers in him, too. Like, literally, Yeah. 
this is like when I feel bad for him. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, uh, there's never a point, even when I watched this when it first aired, that I thought Spike would give up Dawn. Mm-hmm. Did any of you? No. No. He, he loves Buffy too much. Yeah, that right. Like, I don't, I even though I know, like, they're worried about it, like, I feel like, even knowing Spike, like, I was like, there's, I, there was never a point when I thought, oh, no, Dawn, he's so protective of her and he loves Buffy so much. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's the thing I think is, like, commendable to his character that we as the audience even though we know that like spike goes back and forth between good and evil sometimes that he because i was like oh is this just me because i like spike so much but okay so you guys thought so too yeah um for sure and then i feel bad for the i feel bad for the buffy bot too when she gets hit against the wall and like i was like oh you sweet angel the whole point of robots is that they don't have feelings (laughs) or they shouldn't or else we're all dead (laughs) fair uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so the reason I asked about it being Glory's house or building or apartment, because, like, half of me is like, why doesn't Buffy run after the minions? But also, I guess, like, she hasn't done well hand-to-hand against Glory prior, so maybe that's why, right? It also it felt weird that Glory wouldn't just go down to the lobby. And stomp everyone. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that she didn't know that Buffy and, and Co. were going to show up, so... Right. It, but it does sometimes feel like you're like, oh, well, that's a forced, you know, that's a forced way of keeping them apart to, like, delay the right. showdown a little more, I think. Right, because, like, if Glory had been there, probably they all would have been dead, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, Unless you could, unless she's, like, not at full strength, I don't know. I mean, you could also argue that she hasn't sucked any brains. Right, they do mention, um, in the previous episode, they call her new and improved, as if as if like she had like been healing so i guess mm-hmm. they could like make that and you know it's fine whatever sure so the minions get away um i don't know we've seen her week you know from not having feasted on enough sanity or whatever so maybe she was in a position where she couldn't so then they go back to the magic shop i like this scene I like a scene when they're, like, sitting around being friends. I mean, of course, there happens to also be a sex robot there. Uh, but I like, you know, Tara's like, is it weird? And Buffy says it is, but she's like, eh, but it doesn't, it's not that good of a copy. And then they have the scene of them looking at each other and they're clearly the same. Speaking of that, I just, I guess it's something I've noticed more in, like, watching, you know, like, the Netflix Marvel shows where there's, like, a bunch of fight scenes but in the scene where they're fighting with uh glor- like the minions and stuff you can so easily tell when it's like the body double who's like fighting like oh, yeah. it literally like it it literally it doesn't even look like buffy it's just like cuz the body double is like so much like broader and i just it just it took me out of it for a second but like i don't know if that was just like me being like nitpicky I mean, there's earlier seasons where you can clearly see her stunt double space in certain shots. Right? Like, it's just, like, it feels like they just, like, didn't care enough to, like, try. Which, I guess, goes back to, like, the, like, when you, like, you saw the guy in the corner in the desert. Like, it just feels, like, a little sloppy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and definitely, so I really, I love the Buffy fight, Buffy Faith fight scenes, but definitely a lot in those scenes, because it's still pretty early on in the show. There are so many times when it's very clearly like a not them, not either of not them. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like making gifts. Like when I watch the episodes, I'll make gifts from them. 
like making gifs of fight scenes, it's like, oh boy, this is real obvious. This is no one, none of the people in this scene are actually the actors. Right. Right. Okay. So it's not just me who's like seeing it. No, no, no. It's very obvious at points. I think it gets better in later seasons, but there's definitely, like, I, I agree in like seasons probably between two and three are some of the roughest for yeah. camera angles where they literally didn't even try to hide that it's not Sarah Michelle Gellar or Eliza Dushku or whoever. Like yeah. <laughs> there, I felt like there were more parts in this fight scene where it was SMG doing her own stunts, but there were parts that you could tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. No, there was like one part in particular where like um, Buffy does like real Buffy does like a cartwheel. And I, I noted also that, wait, this is not her doing this. And yeah, it does kind of take away from the scene at some points. But I also agree, it does get better towards like the later seasons. But th- this episode in particular, I know that one cartwheel thing, I was like, oh, that's someone else. <laughs> it's not her. But, right? Yeah. I find myself yeah. saying that a lot. I mean, not that it matters in the grand scheme of things, but. <laughs> it's like, why do we need to, why are we going to make her do the cartwheel if we can't even make it look like it's her? Like, just don't have a cartwheel then. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then they're in the magic box. Um, I put in my notes, like, am I a problem because I feel bad for Spike? And this, of course, is the one moment Xander does. But, like, I don't feel bad for Spike because his sex robot is taken away. I just feel bad for him because he's, like, right, almost dead. Up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just don't like the way Xander, they phrased it. Like, oh, he gets beaten up and his best toy gets taken away? Like, yeah, like that was a little. And then I, but I do love the line where... I don't remember the setup to it, but then Dawn says, oh, yeah, and Buffy or and Spike right. uh, made a Buffy robot to play checkers with. And Tara's like, it sounded OK when I thought it. <laughs> Sweet Tara. <laughs> <laughs> to play checkers. With. Yeah. And then I and Anya looking at the robot being like, oh, looks complicated. I'd rather look at guts. Yeah, I heard her demon. That's her demon. Very, demon coming out. Yeah, very yeah. Anya. But so then we get the scene. I mean, we already talked about it, but I genuinely love this scene. Mm-hmm. of Buffy acting as the Buffy bot going into Spike's crypt. Um, it gives me, it gives me, you know, maybe a feeling or two. <laughs> I feel like the whole show, there's always been this, like, it's kind of like black and white, like, okay, we know vampires are bad and the Scooby gang, they're good. But then, like, Spike, who is this, like, soulless vampire, is just showing this emotion, like, human emotion of, like, uh, you know, his love for Buffy and whatnot. And, you know, I really... I guess, like, as the seasons go on, you know, kind of black and white line is, becomes a little bit more blurred, I think. And I, I love that, I think. And, you know, that scene in particular, I mean, I like that she pretended to be the robot at first and then got that kiss in and then said, like, this is real. I think that was, like, the last line or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like this is, like, the first tender moment between them, which will start right. out later on. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think it's a credit to both their acting, right? Because like one of you said already, like he, I mean, his eye is swollen shut and his face is covered in like fake blood, but like, we're still seeing his acting of like kissing her and then realizing, oh, this isn't the robot. This is the real Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, and I do think they, they also really have like good chemistry together. Um, I think it's because they're both like really good actors. And like I said, I like, I appreciate that there's never, like you said, Sal, the last line is her saying, but this, that was real. What you did was real. And she's just like, the robot was gross and obscene. We're not discussing the robot. Like she's not (laughs) engaging with that. She's not even going to pretend, but she also is like, but you know, what you did was real and I'm not going to forget that. Uh, And I don't know, man. I, yeah, I was like, (laughs) 
I love them so much, <laughs> which is my reaction mm-hmm. to like a lot of things on the show. But <laughs> I mean, I think Buffy gets why he made the robot. Not that she excuses it, right, but she yeah. like gets it. Like, you know, I mean, if I like, I would love to have a robot of Rami Malek to do what, <laughs> I, what I want with. Like, is it Your gross? literal Mr. Yeah. Robot? <laughs> my, yes. My literal, like, but so like she gets it and like Spike like is beat to shit and he still didn't say who the key was so like i think like she like understands like okay like spike sucks most of the time but like he's capable of doing good things and he should be rewarded for those good things yeah and i mean and i've said this a million times but like also it's a point to notice that like he doesn't have a soul but he still did that yeah like he's Mm -hmm. quote unquote an evil demon but he still did this really good thing for her and her family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they'll be, they're going to be safe for a little bit longer anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like he like gave them some time. Yeah. But if he actually was like a full blown, like evil demon vampire, he would have given up the key in like half a second. Right. She mm-hmm. wouldn't, Glory wouldn't have had to torture him at all. Yeah. There's I mean, something to be said for redemption. Right. Yes. I agree with that. Are we there at the end, Carly? I think we might be. We are, I think, right? Because yeah. that's it. Do you guys she have any? Out. Do you guys have any parting quotes about the episode before we get to our favorite things about it? I no. just think this was a very good episode for, like, I think, like, a good character development for both Buffy and Spike, and I, and I feel like I really appreciated that, and I feel like we needed it for Spike this kind of development lately. But, but yeah, that's kind of like what I appreciated, and obviously. Like you guys all know, I'm a big Buffy bot fan. So yeah. Sal, Sal was very excited when I told him this episode was up for him guesting. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, very excited. <laughs> I love that. All right, guys. Uh, so favorite outfit, Liza? Mine is Glory's blue nighty dress thing <laughs> that is way too short, but she has great legs. So who cares? She does. Um, Sal? I have to go, have to go with uh, Buffy's like coat, <laughs> like over the top, like what was she wearing like a coat scarf in the middle of a, <laughs> yeah. the day of the desert yep. i think that's my favorite outfit all right carly um in the interest of picking something else i was gonna say desert outfit but i also do like buffy bot's little pink skirt and it's pretty cute that <laughs> is a cute skirt and i would like wear it to this day <laughs> i'm pretty sure i actually own a skirt that looks like that so i mean oh my god actually it. i might too i'll send pics to slayer <laughs> sal i hope you have it too <laughs> yeah Um, so I'm gonna of course agree with Liza my Glory's mini blue mini dress is my favorite Um, favorite scene Carly Uh, the last scene I think when Buffy pretends to be the Buffy bot Uh, Sal I actually I like the really quick like computer files of all the characters I just thought it was a nice quirky little (laughs) thing to throw in there about the information about everyone so I like that. I mean, but I do like the the last scene as well. Liza? I gotta go last scene too. It's just so tender and it's just <laughs> so nice. And we all need more nice and tender things in this shitty, shitty world. True. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite scene is a tie between Buffy Bot uh, first seeing Xander and Anya and then the final scene. Um, all right, so now we're gonna grade the episode. Liza, what do you grade it? Um, I would give it a B minus because the whole sex bot thing is gross, but the rest of it is pretty great. 
right. And uh, it's good setup for the rest of, you know, Buffy dealing with her shit. Carly? Yeah, I was going to say B, just because, I mean, for a lot of the same reasons, like, it's the first kind of kicks off the latter arc of the season. It's going to set up a lot of things that, you know, are are, are going to eventually be resolved in the finale. Um, the Buffy bot stuff, while slightly problematic, uh, holds up in large part due to, as we said several times, Sarah Michelle Geller's performance, um, which I think elevates it out of a lot of the grossness. Uh, but it, it's also a nice little silly, semi-silly episode break after a lot of the right. depressing, you know, death stuff. So I, I'll give it a B. All right. Sal? I'm going to give it like a B plus, A minus. Okay. Um, like I, I say a million times on this episode, <laughs> I really appreciated Buffy Bot's appearance in this episode, but didn't have like, like the emotional impact as like previous episodes. But I feel like, and it wasn't as like, like funny as other ones as well but i do think it hits its mark in all those different little points and uh i just think again i'll touch like the character development with buffy and spike the last scene really was a nice scene to end on and um yeah that's kind of my take right there so i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the the easiest grader i give it an a um i agree (laughs) with everything all of you said but i still go a um i mean not a plus but just like a a yeah, I just, I really, for me, these last, this and the next few episodes are all, not to spoil it, but they're all probably going to be A's for me. Um, but <laughs> I just really like the start of the end of the season. You know, everything gets more intense. Glory finds out, you know, the key might be, is clearly around Buffy. It sets up the stakes. It also gives us a reprieve of the depressing shit. Um, yeah, so I give it an A. Um, thank you, Carly, for guest co-hosting with me. Thank you, Sal and Liza, for joining us. Um, if you guys like Slayerfest, you fe- feel free to um, follow us, subscribe to us, and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Um, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at SlayerfestX98. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at IanXCarlos. Carly, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. And uh, as we said at the top of the show i am a contributing editor for sci-fi wires fangirls so you can visit all of our stuff by going to sci-fi.com and clicking on the fangirls tab and sal where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter as well uh salvucho d'amico that's that was my nickname as a kid uh salvucho and uh yeah thank you guys for having me this was a i had enjoyed this very much so (laughs) no problem thank Uh, you liza where can people find you on the internet uh, my handle is Dirtbag Alien. If you want to follow me, <laughs> I'm super fun. <laughs> she is. Um, all right, guys. <laughs> thank you so much, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.